minus 10 seconds. Get ready. Ready for the hottest new podcast in the world. From WWE to DNA Impact. By way of the NWA, it's time for Reffin' It Up. With legendary referee Brian Hebner and guest host, Mr. Reffin' Rant himself, Jimmy Corderas. An all-new episode starts in... This, this is Reffin' It Up. Welcome back to Reffing It Up. I am RJ. I'm joined by the two greatest referees of all time. First and foremost, from the great white north, Mr. Jimmy Corderas. And live from his palatious new estate, Mr. Brian Havner. But first, Brian, or excuse me, Jimmy. What's yeah. up, man? How are you? Uh, doing good. Uh, weather is nice up here in Canada. You know, we're enjoying it. And hey. It's good to be back here. Good to see my good brother in stripes there, uh, Beheb, and of course you, RJ. You're you're the glue that holds all this together. So we, it's good I'll, to be I'll back. I'll take it. I'll take it. I've been called I've been called words, Jimmy. So I'll take it. Um, <laughs> and, and and usually in the same house, but hey, well, that's beside the point. But okay. uh, Brian, what's up, man? Guys, I'm so super stoked about this show today. Just with the fact that we're back and running it as normal. Um, I do want to say that I was. Uh, I will explain uh, the hiatus of our show. Uh, if it all falls on me, and um, I'm going to go over that in our rep and review. I'm going to use that for that because I want to start off kind, and um, and I also <laughs> want to um, I want to catch the world up on you know what, what, what went on. And but you know what, it doesn't matter. We're back, and uh, yeah. I'm back, and uh, I'll explain that all later. But for now, RJ, I think we should uh, get the show on the road, and let's uh, before we get to Miss Tasha Steele's flavor. Uh, let's get it on the count one. This is your one count. Gentlemen, we saw a big injury last this past week on SmackDown, I believe. Uh, this is coming straight from Sean uh, Sap on Fightful.com. He says, after speaking with additional sources, we've learned that Rey Mysterio's injury was not a storyline as originally suggested. Uh, San Santos Escobar was scheduled to go over clean and there was two, uh, there was to be a backstage segment following up um, that got nixed as well. Uh, a little context behind that guys, if you did not see it or you missed it or you didn't see the scuttlebutt online, uh, Ray Mysterio suffered a major injury last week. I wouldn't say major injury, but he suffered a good injury last week. I believe it was to his head. Uh, Jimmy, I know you touched on it briefly as well. Uh, on wrestling Inc. Um, Man, it's it's one of those things. I think it was done the correct way, as far as on the referees end, and as far as on the production end, y- y- you check on the guy, right? Right. It's one of the things that they're big on, especially in WWE. When something happens and something looks off, you check on the talent for their safety. There's a way that they go about it. I'm not going to give away all the. Yes, we do give peeks behind the curtain and stuff like that, but there's no reason for me to explain how we do it and what we do and that sort of thing. But we do have a way to check on the guys, and they know that procedure. And apparently, uh, Ray suffered a little bit of an issue. You know, they thought it was a concussion, uh, and they reacted in the right way. The referee 
did what he was supposed to do. He contacted the back because now the referees in WWE can speak to the back, which we didn't have the luxury of doing back in the day. We could only hear them talk to us. We couldn't talk back to them. And when they went to commercial break, when they came back, the trainer was already out there and the match had been called off and so so forth. So the right procedure was called the talent safety comes first. And then that's what we saw on Monday night. And I know a lot of people were saying, uh, uh, not Monday night, was it? Friday, I believe it was SmackDown. It was SmackDown Friday night. My my bad. You know, again, <laughs> my days mix up again. But hey, you know, there was a time back in the day where it used to be, hey, we fight through this. Whatever happens, happens. You get hurt, you fight through the pain to finish the match. That mentality is not in the WWE. If you're hurt, you let people know you're hurt. And uh, Ray apparently couldn't let people completely know he was hurt. But at the same time, the referee reacted in the proper way. The break procedure was done and the right call was made uh, that, you know, they called the match off. Uh, yeah, Jimmy, just to touch a little bit on what you said, uh, you, you've done a well job there uh, with cleaning it up. I, I think all parties involved in the whole situation did a wonderful job as far as the way WWE handled this. And like you said, back in the day, that that, that was not something that was even an option. Uh, they just worked through it or called audibles to get through this match. And according to the, the, the stuff I've read, they kind of cleaned it up and went home right away is the way I've, I've read it. And, and that's that's fantastic. And I think that the knowledge that these guys are getting early in their careers from your Chris Nowinski's, uh, about these concussions and things like that. They're taking it serious because this really can, injuries like that really can really screw your life up later on down the road. And it's something that they are all probably thinking now in the back of their minds. I, I know there's a lot of guys after they leave that Chris, uh, Chris Nowinski's uh, little class that he puts on, which is fantastic, by the way. I've seen it at least twice, I think three times. But anyway, it makes you wonder and think when you leave him, uh, whether that bump you took six years ago or 10 years ago, is going to fuck you up later on. You know what I mean? And so it's just really smart of the way they handle it. And I think that moving forward, this should be something that everyone should learn from and, and have the same protocols in place. I really, really do. And, and I can just tell you, a lot of guys now, these younger guys are really taking these big bumps serious. And there's some that don't care anymore, but there's a lot more that do than they used to. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. To, I don't mean to cut you off, RJ, but uh, you know, you, you touched on something big time here, Brian, and that is, the, yes, I understand that the, the game changes. It evolves. And they've elevated the risk factor so much now that, you know, sometimes you see something that, does, that that people go, wait, he got hurt off of that? You can get hurt off of anything. Just a simple flat back bump can injure someone, believe it or not. You know, it's, 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 it's that. But the risks that they're taking now, sometimes I think, well, tone it down a little bit. It doesn't have to, or pick your spots or whatever the case may be. But, uh, you're right. It's, I'm glad the procedure is in place. Safety first. Referees need to know that, you know, you're not a trainer. You're not trained in, in to, to recognize injuries. But if you feel that something is off, check on it right away. It doesn't matter whether it's TV, live event, whatever. Agreed. So, Jimmy, I just want to touch on one thing. And You mentioned uh, that they the refs can now talk to backstage in the and gorilla mm -hmm. when did that happen because i can't remember when i heard that actually was the case i i can't give you an exact time of when that became the case but i know nowadays that uh, you know you talk about the business evolving but also technology evolves because mm -hmm. you know with the ifb 
you know, the referees in WWE were the first to wear the IFBs back in the day. And that was like thought of as a great, that now they have uh, another pack that they hide on themselves that communicates the other way. And they hide the mic inside their shirt and that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah. it's been a few years at least. Okay. I can give you, I can give you a time frame. Um, I really oh, can. Because, cool. Yeah. Because I paid attention to it. This was, they started it just before AEW became AEW. So their first show per se is AEW. I'm not talking about the first all in or whatever it was. I'm talking about when they became a show on TBS, TNT, whatever, yada, yada, yada. That's when I noticed that they had that gimmick too. It's the old McDonald's button is what I used to call it, where you reach to the backside of you and hit the button, you know, to say, Hey, he wants a big Mac. That's when I noticed that shit. Um, so at least three years ago, it started. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that seems about right. Uh, and something else that did happen this past week, this past Monday, in fact, was the new Cody Rhodes documentary. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal, guys. It's great to see him you know, making these docs and, you know, really paying homage to his, his story building here from his dad. Um, and it's just goosebumps and not a dry eye in the house. I can guarantee you that. Um, somebody that you guys... The Rhodes family, obviously prevalent with both you guys, but Brian, it's just unreal, right? Dude, it's probably uh, now. Now I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I've seen it yet, um, but I can tell you right now the reviews, the raves that I've seen, and I can't wait to watch it. It, it. it can only be good. I mean, looking back at old footage of him and his dad and his brother and things of that nature, and and him being legit and truthful throughout the the process of this documentary. Um, it's going to be fantastic and it's got to be fantastic. There, there's no other way around it. Um, so I, I think it'll be awesome. And probably everybody should watch. Yeah. Not, so I, it I, is a, yeah. it's available. It's Peacock, right? I believe. Yes. It's on Peacock. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah. I interrupted Jimmy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Absolutely. That's absolutely fine. And like uh, elsewhere, like up here in Canada, it's on the WWE network. You can on demand so you can watch it there. Uh, uh, like you, Brian, I'm not going to lie. I haven't actually had a chance to see it yet. I am going to see it because this is a story and, and that, that needs to be told and needs to be, if you're a wrestling fan, you want to see this story, especially if you're a wrestling historian coming, you know, him wanting to pay homage to his dad, the way he does, you know, the, the late, the late great Dusty Rhodes, who was, you know, you know, you say icon and legend, we use that, those terms loosely. He, he absolutely was one in this industry and and if there's one thing that WWE does well are like video th- packaging and documentaries, man, they're so good at putting those together. And I can only imagine with you got a great story like this with a great production team behind it. I could only imagine what gold is going to be in this documentary. Man, all the old video libraries that Vince owns, my God, yeah. it's going to be phenomenal. Um, So check that out now on Peacock. But guys, I do have a little clip this week for you. Uh, It's a little bit of a trailer that I saw that I just want to get your guys' thoughts on. Uh, It's, uh, you know what? I'll let it speak for itself. This is my one request in this entire documentary. This one answer, I don't want edited in any capacity. Don't even edit this part. I can't tell you why I left AEW. I can't, and I won't, but I'll tell you the reasons that were said that didn't actually matter. I didn't leave AEW because of money, 
and I didn't leave AEW because of other talents. I left AEW because of a personal issue. That's it. But the byproduct of leaving AEW is the opportunity to go for the biggest dream I ever had in the first dream that I had in my life. To then take that gamble again and say, this is not what I wanted to be. I didn't grow up dreaming of being the champion or the, the face of a secondary promotion. I wanted to be the WWE champion. All right, gentlemen. So that, uh, for those of you that don't recognize that voice, it was one, Mr. Triple H. Uh, guys, this has been all over social media, all over the interwebs, if you will. Um, what do you guys think, Jimmy? This is, it was interesting way to put it. Oh, a secondary company. What are your thoughts? Uh, obviously it was a slight jab at them. Let's put it that way. Let's call it what it was. But at the same time, uh, it was his way of stating that the WWE is the number one promotion in the world today. And if you look at how, how they're drawing right now, live audiences and, and, and so forth, uh, their TV is doing good numbers. Uh, you know, they, they've been selling out places and stuff like that. And yes, I know AEW has got the Wembley show coming up where they've sold whatever it is, uh, or they've got over 70,000 tickets out, whatever the case may be, you know, WWE is doing SummerSlam at, uh, you know, in Detroit at the, at the stadium there. Right now, they are the number one promotion. And yes, it was a little bit of a jab at the other guys, let's put it that way. But at the same time, he's not lying. What he means, I know people who are diehard AEW fans are going to say, well, how dare he? And they're probably going to look at me and go, of course, you're going to side with the guys you used to work with. No, I'm I'm looking at the numbers right now. And right now, the number one promotion in the world is WWE. And yes, AEW is making strides, but they're not growing. They're not growing their audience. And that's the biggest thing. Yes, they've got a good audience. They're doing good numbers, but they're not growing it right now. And that's the only issue I have. I want them to be better as far as number-wise and business-wise. So here's a quick little take. Um he said secondary promotion. Yeah, Jimmy, you said a little jab, but it's a true jab. It's a true jab. And anyone who wants to fight the fact of it, please, as Eminem would say, step the fuck up because it's not even close. It's not even close. I'm a big numbers guy, a big numbers guy and a big attendance figure guy. Those are my things that I really like. And I'm just going to say this. AEW's done a hell of a job in the short span of time. I mean, a hell of a job, and you can take nothing away from them. But I want to bring some numbers that may be eye-popping to AEW fans to that dispute and doubt that they're the secondary promotion. So I look at viewership numbers for Raw this year, 2023. Their average attendance or average rating per show is 1.83 million viewers an episode. I look at the number one show, which is Dynamite, and it does. 880,000 viewers per show. I look at SmackDown's average number of 2023, and it's 2.3 million. The reason why I'm bringing these numbers up is because between Rampage, Dynamite, and Collision, they still have not surpassed 
Raw, which does the 1.83 million. If you average those three shows out together, they do 1.8 million versus one of Raw shows, which is 1.83. Not to mention, once again, I'm into numbers. The WWE attendance for shows, buildings that they run, has increased sharply, whereas AEW, excuse me, AEW's has declined or stayed flat for most of the year. Now, AEW, which I found through all my notes, has done a really, really solid job of being a first town. We're here in Richmond for the first time. They draw really, really well. It's when they go back is where they had the struggle. They also run smaller venues, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But listen, I used to work for TNA Wrestling. It was the second biggest, largest company in the wrestling world in the United States. I was a delusional, I guess, employee, and we were doing very well and thought we were climbing, getting somewhere. We weren't doing shit. We thought we were. We were doing very well for what we had and what we were doing. That's where AEW's at. It's not a knock. Him saying secondary promotion, that's a that's the truth, and that's that's just a fact. And I have a lot more things I could, just like Jimmy, just like RJ probably can. I don't even tell you about merchandise numbers. That's embarrassing. Um, but anyway, there are secondary promotion. Please, if you have a problem with that, please look inside yourself or look at numbers and then probably try and get on my Twitter or my reffing it up or Jimmy's uh, whatever and argue with the fact. Otherwise, it's 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 something that he said that he was taking a dig at, but you can't say he's not right. Well, yeah, when you go by the numbers like that, it's just but the thing is though, it's like you have those hardcore AEW fans and Props to them. Nothing against that. But it's just like, like Jimmy said, too, it's you're not growing anything. You're staying the same. You're not drawing people in. You take a look at look at collision. You know, they started at what? Eight hundred thousand. They went down to what? Five. They went back um, up. It's not it's not they're, going they're anywhere. They're, they're, just so you know, just so I'm being fair. So nobody can mm-hmm. question. They're averaging six hundred six thousand viewers right now as of this year. On collision, now, collision is averaging six hundred six thousand viewers. Just a, rampage. Just oh, rampage. Sorry, that's okay, Jimmy. Rampage is averaging three point. Oh, I'm sorry. They wish uh, three hundred ninety eight thousand per, per per show. Um, look at the big drop off there. Uh, but still, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm assuming the powers that be collision at six oh six is good. But you're also throwing in almost a million they did on the first episode. That's going to help an average for sure. Exactly. So, that, that that bumped up the number for sure, because of the, uh, a few things, obviously, the curiosity factor amongst the fans there, uh, especially the diehard fans and 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 the returning CM Punk, which was, you know, advertised, let's put it that way. So people were curious to see what went on. And since yep. then, the, the, they haven't got back to that number. Well, and as RJ said, the biggest thing you have to remember, you know, there's an app or not an app, but there's a Twitter handle that you can follow, which I do. And it gives you numbers as far as attendance and how these buildings are selling, what they have left and what they did last time they were there. And what I'm finding is that AEW has declined this year or stay flat. They're not overselling what they did last year. Their numbers are still good. Okay. I'm not knocking their numbers. Their numbers are very decent. I mean, I remember when I was in TNA I wish I could go to an arena in Texas that's set up for 5,900. We sold 5,200. That would be great. 
we weren't doing that either. So I'm not knocking the numbers. What I'm saying is they're nowhere near the number one promotion in the world. And everyone that listens to the show knows I'm not going to sit here and take up for WWE unless it's got, you know, it's just factual too. And, and it's just factual, just factual. Yeah. You know, you, you go back and forth with advertising a lot and promoting, um, Friend of the show, he's been on the show. Bully Ray mentioned on a busted open, I believe, this past week, um, that he believes AEW should not promote a single match going into all in. This is a hot topic, Brian. You mentioned you threw something out there on social media uh that uh you wanted to talk about it. But first and foremost, do you agree with one bully ray that there should be no matches? Uh, announced and or promoted before the uh, pay-per-view? Well, I, I wanted to hear Jimmy first, but I will oh, okay. go. No, no, no. But I wanted Jimmy to hear the context of this because here's Bully's reasoning behind nothing being announced because of the number of tickets already sold and to have for the first time ever, no one knows who's coming through the entrance. No one knows what kind of matches we're going to have. No one knows anything and everything is a surprise. And, if, and and nothing has been done in that way in that in that aspect of a big show and, and now as we know a pay-per-view um so I'll give you four first and then I'll say what I want to say so Jimmy what do you think is the importance of announcing something match wise is the importance not what where, where do you lie here uh it, it, far be it for me to disagree with someone as knowledgeable as, as Bubba slash bully Ray uh he's got a great point but at the same time, when I talked about earlier growing your audience, yes, the diehard fans are going to tune in regardless. And without announcing a match, this is their first time going over there to the UK. People are interested. They bought in. They want to see what's going to go, go on live. But if you don't announce a match, how do you draw in another audience who wants to tune in for the content as opposed to, hey, I'm just going to tune in and surprise me. You want to grow that audience. If you announce a match, that's a big deal, especially since we saw what happened when they announced on Collision, the first Collision, that CM Punk's going to be there to pop that number for them. If you if you give them a name, a, a recognizable name that people can go, oh, so-and-so is going to be there? Hey, I got to tune in to see, or, or even the match. Oh, I, at least something. Give them something uh, for the fans that are other than the diehard fans who are going to tune in anyway. So, Jimmy, I think you're where I'm at. I think you're where I'm at. Um, once again, I, I'm never going to say Bubba's wrong. Uh, I mean, but I think that one thing or something needs to be said and done to get people to like, I know they want that record. If they want that record, then they need to announce something. And it doesn't have to be anything. I, w once again, I, in my mind, I just think if you say Goldberg will be there, don't know the capacity of how, why, or whatever. Goldberg will be there for our show out in All In and Wembley. That gives everybody something to know that they bought a ticket that they're going to see Goldberg. And anyone who didn't, they better go fucking get one. And if you weren't planning on watching it, now you are because Goldberg's going to be there. As far as matches go, I, I, I'm with Bubba. I don't think we need a list of matches. I don't think we need to know what's going on. I think they can set it up like a TV as they go with the show, which is very different and unique. You, or, you know, someone comes out and makes a true legit to fans and people like us who don't know a legit open challenge. We have no clue who's coming out, no entrance. We don't know. It's very interesting, very interesting. And uh, it's really 
it's really interesting to see where they go from here. Like, what are they going to say? They've got to say something, right? Or is Bully right? They're not going to say shit. They're just going to say whatever they can, and they're done. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Yeah. Might, maybe even just like, a hey, this is going to be in the main event. Everything else we'll announce at the show. Who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely something to think about. Something else I know a lot of people have been thinking about have been our Refin Review. This is Refin Review. So, and we're back with our Refin Review this week. Brian, you know, you, you, you wanted to, you said at the top of the show here that you wanted to take your the time here uh, to just talk to the audience about, um, you know, the hiatus, what, what's been going on. So, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Thank you, man. Um, I'm very, first of all, I want to open up with this and just say to both you, RJ, and you, Jimmy, that um, thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for your kind words, your support, uh, and all the things that you had to endure, whether it was good or bad. I hope it was bad because you were ready to get back. Um, <laughs> and if it wasn't, fuck you. Um, no, I'm just <laughs> but no, um, I had to take time off and take time away because, first of all, uh, I had a big move that I was doing with my house and a lot of things that if people don't know about moving from one house to another after you've been there for a while, it's, it, 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 I had no idea how overwhelming it was going to be. So between that, some family issues and someone stealing my phone at my, my gym um, and some personal issues that I was going through, uh, I, had to, I had to shut it down and I had to get myself together and work through some stuff. And I did. And I'm good. I'm glad that I'm back. I'm glad that we're back. And I want to thank everyone for their patience as well. We are once again back as normal. We are going to do our thing. And, you know, I, I, you know, this time did make me really, really have time to really appreciate the people that love you and the people that care about you. And we all go through things in life. We all know that. And some things are really heavier than others. You know, and these were things that were just heavier than me. And I just didn't have time to think about the show, didn't have time to think about anything about anything except what I had to get done. My family members, when I was going through things of that nature, um, nothing's wrong. Everyone's safe. It was just certain things that I don't want to dive into that I had to go through. Um, one, Some of those were personal as well. And um, once again, I'm, I'm good to go. Um, I will say I had a stupid track phone with no contacts while I had my phone stolen. I I was so pissed off about that. I couldn't call anybody. couldn't do anything. I felt like I was on house arrest or some shit. Um, never go to Walmart and get one of those. It's the stupidest fucking thing ever. No. Uh, but anyway, I got my contacts back, Jimmy. I can call you. I can text you. RJ, I, 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 can, I don't have to email you anymore. I hate that shit. <laughs> it, it, oh. It's hilarious. because Not hilarious, but it's, in, it's funny to think about because it's like, for those of you that and Brian and Jimmy, you probably could attest to this too. It's just like knowing Brian like you do. It's like, dude knows hates technology, and just to know that he wants his phone back with all the contacts in there, and he's working his email. And I'm like, I'm like, how do I? I'm like, oh, I guess I got to email him. Yeah. I'm like, go <laughs> go for it. I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. I get it because I'm I, I I'm not a big technology guy myself. Now I. Not as bad as that, but at the same time, there's a lot going on during the day where it's, uh, hey, Audrey, can you come here to the computer for a minute? I need a hand. You know what I mean? So <laughs> every once in a while, I need a hand. But I'm just, for me, again, 
you want to talk about from a personal standpoint, from a personal standpoint, I'm just glad my good friend is, is, is in a good place now. Things, uh, you know, are better for you and keep moving forward, my bro. And again, remember, you have someone you can count on if you need to talk, if you need that, whatever, or just vent to someone, whatever the case may be, we're here for you, bro. And I really do appreciate that, man. And once again, I will tell you, I am 100% in a great place. I really am. I'm in a great place now. And I needed this time. I really did. I needed this time. It had nothing to do with you guys, the show or anything. But I did not want to make the show suffer because of personal things going on and a move and a phone stolen. And I will say, though, to touch on what you said, though, Jimmy, man, I had never realized how much I would miss that stupid cell phone that I thought was stupid. It pays bills. <laughs> It pays bills. It does this. It does that. It's got contacts here. It's got kids information that I got to call my kids. It's got, it's, I don't know my kids' phone numbers. I didn't know that till now. I don't know them. <laughs> I know their names and I look it up that way or I just hit call Trevor, you know, whatever it may be. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. He's flashing, flashing his phone as I'm talking on mine. But uh, anyway, <laughs> long story short, I'm so glad to have it back. I'm so glad everything went worked out for me and I'm ready to get back stronger than ever and we're going to put on some fucking awesome uh, uh, episodes moving forward and we're back so yeah with that being said dude i'm i'm, I'm good i don't want to talk anymore i'm good yeah cool. it's, no. it's just and, sometimes sometimes people forget that we have real we're real life people with real life you know just like them life. yeah exactly just like yep just like you we have problems too man trust me and i once again i'll, I'll say one more time I needed it. And I knew I needed it. It wasn't suggested to me. I just knew deep down. I just could not continue right now with everything going on because I would be cheating the fans that watch the show and I'd be cheating you guys, but I can't give a hundred percent. So, but anyway, that's all gone. It's behind me. I'm ready to roll, dude. I'm ready for some Tasha Steele's flavor. Yeah. That with that being said, let's send it up to our second count. This is your two count. Gentlemen, I've been looking forward to this all day. One of the premier, legit professional wrestlers across the world, Miss Tasha Steeles. Tasha, welcome to the show. Whoop. I am excited. Finally, I am on Reffing It Up. This We added some flavor. Let's go. How are y'all doing tonight? Well, first of all, let me just say this. RJ, quit lying. Quit lying. Oh, RJ, you lying oh. already? Well, Here's you know what? I actually, well, you know what? I was going start, to start do this a little bit later, but I actually have some flavor myself. And I know well, this is just have- for you. I brought I brought this just out of the closet just for hmm. you, Tasha. I almost called you something else, but. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about right there. Now that that, oh, that, so, that that right there, you know, I am going to be, I just want to let you guys know, I just I'm going to be extra quiet this year because I wonder I I, I wonder why. So further as you the little peek behind the curtain, I just put on my Buffalo Bills hat. This is actually mm-hmm. the draft hat. My son actually has a matching one. We have matching hats. Um Anyways, um, I've waited about, when did Brady come in? About 20 years, 25 years? We'll say 25 years to say that the Bills have beaten the Patriots, swept the Patriots. I witnessed it in person this past year. 
Oh God. You know, okay. it's, it's, <laughs> it's like that. It's like that, that story. I don't know if you guys seen the movie, the little Giants, and they always get in the little league that that's playing the giants. They always get in their ass by the Dallas. That's, that's what, that's the story of the Buffalo <laughs> yeah. Bills. it's okay you can we'll beat you 99 times but that one time you can have you can celebrate it's okay yeah well i i'm gonna i'm gonna uh break the mold here tasha we've never met before it's a pleasure to meet you i'm so excited to have you on the show i will be the i guess i'm the baby face on the panel tonight i guess for lack of you're gonna be you're gonna be the good guy jimmy it is actually an honor to meet you i do not know how you're going to put up with these two guys but god bless you (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you. Well, God bless Brian, you. Brian, I put up with for years, and it's it's kind of like Oscar and Felix between us two. And uh, RJ, I just got to meet recently, so uh, yeah. I haven't had a chance to dislike him yet. So, thank <laughs> you. Uh, well, hey, we can start. Hey, we can start off with him wearing that Buffalo Bills hat. We can start off with that. He's a Buffalo Bills fan, well, so we can hate yeah, him from there. And, and as someone who lives just across, not far from Buffalo, in yeah. on the other side of the border. Uh, <laughs> You know, they say that you guys must be Buffalo Bills fan. No, no, <laughs> no, wouldn't, wouldn't do that. You don't there. have to be. I, well, we're gonna we're, right, we're gonna dive. Off. We're gonna we're gonna definitely dive into a little bit of football here. And I've already yeah. she's yeah. conceded. It looks like, but anyway, we're gonna open that can back up. <laughs> uh, but but Tasha, it is so awesome to see you. I'm just playing with you. You are the realest of real girl. You are you oh. are something special and someone that I've been able to really hang out with like behind the scenes and you're so fucking amazing as a person and you're a fucking amazing talent in the ring. So I'm so happy to have you on here. And I told you I wasn't lying. I was so very excited and you were in the works before I went on hiatus with some personal stuff that I just had to shut myself down for a little bit, but baby I'm back and you're on here and RJ let's, let's just kick this shit off, dude. Oh man. Unreal. (laughs) So I might as well just, you know, peel, peel that back a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Being from New York, New Jersey, how mm-hmm. in the right mind did you become a Patriots fan? Oh, this question. I get this question all the time. How <laughs> is somebody from New Jersey a Patriots fan? Well, look at look at the choices I have. I have the Giants or the Jets. Who would want to be a Giants or a Jets fan? Like, there's no freaking way I would be either fan of that team. Of course, I'm going to go up north to, to to Boston area and be a Patriots fan. I mean, I'm not a Boston fan. I'm just a Patriots fan. Let's just, let's just get this <laughs> cleared away. I don't like the Penguins. I don't, I don't like the Bruins, whatever. I don't like none of them. I just like the Patriots. Um, I've always been a, a Drew Bledsoe fan. I was I was uh, watching football as a little kid. Um mm-hmm. My family is so divided with teams. Like my mom and my grandfather swore that they was going to make the entire family Dallas Cowboys fans because that's what they are. Um, and they're the only two. So there you have it. <laughs> but they tried to make us Cowboys fans. And I said I had to just seek out when I was old enough to understand football. I had to seek out on teams of my own. So I watched a few teams. I watched I watched the Miami Dolphins. You know, I watched the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody was a 49ers fan back in the 90s. Um, it was either the Niners, Niners or, or Cowboys in the 90s. Everybody was a fan of them. But I, I just, I drew myself to the Boston Patriots and I just love the Patriots. I love Drew Bledsoe and I just, I, I just drew myself to him. And this is way before Tom even joined the team. Like when John, Tom joined the team, I was like, who is this, who is this guy? He's not going to take us anywhere and got my mouth shut. You know, here he is 20 years later, the greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I've always been a Patriots fan and will forever be a Patriots fan, even though I'm going to be very quiet this season because macaroni and cheese has been fucking up. And um, <laughs> I can't, I can't, I just have to be quiet. I, I can't talk trash like I used to back a couple of years ago where I could just be happy because Tom was the quarterback. Now I got to depend on this, this kid that's still acting as if he's a rookie. And he, I, I feel like he's still like nervous or something, but that's why I call him macaroni and cheese because he's just he's always just he's shitting it, you know. He's just shitting the bed every time. Now, <laughs> that's amazing, now, Natasha. You know that I still owe you dinner, right? You do owe me dinner from that bet we made, right? Yes, um, that bet. Yeah. One thing you guys good. need to know: Tasha Steels never loses a bet. When I make a bet, it's a short thing. Okay, wait. I did lose a bag to Mark Henry and David Greco, but that was no Patriot related bet. That was just, I hate the Cowboys type of bet. But <laughs> I, when I make a bet, when it comes to my team, I never ever lose. So oh. Brian, I'm sorry. You do, you do owe me dinner. I, you really do. I, I, oh, wow. I have to, I have to ask this because you said, you mentioned LaGreca and my, my old buddy, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Did the mm -hmm. bet involve barbecue? No, the bet involved, it was something with the Cowboys. I didn't, I I thought they was going to lose a game or something. I, I, I got to refresh my memory and talk to them again, even though I don't want to talk to them about Cowboy <laughs> stuff. But I said that they were going to lose a game or something. And if they did lose, um, that Dave LaGreca had to buy a Tasha Steele shirt and he had mm -hmm. to wear it on Busted Open and, and say Tasha Steele is the greatest that beat the greatest every single time. Um, if I uh, lost, I had to go on Busted Open, uh, I think it was like twice or three times, and say that the Cowboys are America's team and how about those Cowboys. And I made that bet to LaGreca and Mark Henry, and I lost. <laughs> I freaking <laughs> lost. I was so upset. And I had to wear a Cowboys jersey doing it. So my mother, she heard me on the radio making this bet, and she did not hesitate giving me her Cowboys jersey to wear and made sure I held my end of the bargain and called up, busted open, talked to LaGreca, said what I had to say, and I was disgusted by it. And Mark Henry, his punk ass, he <laughs> could he he made sure that I held my end of the bargain, and I'm still going to get him to this day. I'm gonna get his ass back. <laughs> Well, not a not a not a bad cameo to make for losing a bet, honestly. Oh man, yeah. man. I mean, I, I it could have been a better cameo, but you know, it's all right. But <laughs> like I said, when it comes to my team, I never I never lose a bet. So yeah, I, I, Brian, I love you love hearing. There you go. I, I love hearing that passion that you have for the for the Patriots and 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 the NFL. When did your passion for wrestling develop? And and you know, obviously, growing up in the New New Jersey New York Newark New Jersey area, that's kind of like. You know, yeah. Um, so I I loved wrestling um, as a little kid. So around the same time of me getting into football, like around like five six years old, was when I was getting into wrestling. I was just getting into sports, period. Um, and I just I was watching it with my cousin and my uncle, and it was just a different type of style of fighting I've never seen before. So I've like I've seen boxing all the time. I've seen football where they're hitting hard, basketball, baseball hockey like I've watched all these sports but I've seen something that I've never ever seen in my life and I just got so drawn to it and I think it was just it was a it was actually a Triple H match that I saw it was like an in your house um 
and it was a triple H match. And I think he was, he was getting put in like a pig pen or something like that. Like it, I knew it was a triple H match. But he was getting put in a pig pen. And I was like, what the heck, what the heck is like, I'm looking like what, as a kid, like, what is this? Like they, they, people are fighting, but they're getting thrown in a pig pen with pigs and getting dirty. Like, what is this? And then as I just kept watching it, I just be, just became obsessed with, what it was and I didn't find out until later on and my uncle had to explain to me like this is professional wrestling this is different and then I the older I got the more I did my own research and the more I started to fall in love with my favorites and and you know we all did the DX thing and my cousin and I we did the crotch chops and I was Triple H in school and he was X-Pog and every time we saw each other in the hallways we would just get in trouble for doing the whole crotch chop thing so it was just a lot of fun watching it, and it was very entertaining in the '90s. Of course, you know the '90s. That's it's. <laughs> it was no holds barred when it came to WWE, but um, yeah, Jimmy, you know. So, um, <laughs> it was it was just it was, it just became my passion. I was like, you know what, I want to do this. And then when I just started seeing the women get in the ring and wrestling, like when I when I first saw China doing it, beating up the guys, like I I was like, oh, so women can get in and do this and and beating up guys too, like. I want to do that. So I just started seeing that. And then my cousin, he started introducing me to like WCW and ECW. And I saw jazz and I saw her get in the ring with guys and girls. And I just, I was just so blown away. Like, this is what I need to do. This is my passion. This is what I want to do when I get older. And no matter what, whether I succeed or I fail, at least I tried. And here I am today. (laughs) Now, I know you personally, obviously, and I know that you're a tough son of a bitch. I know that you're a rugged girl. I know that you're a physical girl. Um, when you became and decided professional wrestling was something you wanted to do, did you find it more overwhelming than you thought? Did you find yourself maybe not as tough as you thought? What, what, where were you at mind capacity-wise as far as, Shit, I done took on this fucking bullshit here, and this shit is fucking hurting. Like, yeah, what, what, or, or or did it not phase you, or did it not phase you? What, what, where were you at? You know, in my mind, when I first started training, I was like, "Oh, this this is gonna be easy." Like, I felt like what they were doing on TV was so easy, and I think that's everybody's mind state when they first want to get in the ring. Like, this looks easy, looks easy on TV. Until I took my first bump and I was like, oh, shit, no, no, <laughs> hell no, no. <laughs> I was hurting so bad because I, I ran track. I played basketball. I did so many sports in high school that I'd never done something where I had to take back bump after back bump after back bump. And then I'm hitting the ropes. And it's like, you're literally hitting the ropes. Like, I have one of the toughest trainers that anybody could be trained by, and Damian Adams. And he came from under Rip Rogers. So, you know Rip Rogers, you know he don't make nothing look easy, okay? So I'm literally hitting these ropes, and I'm getting these marks and bruises on my back, and I'm taking these back bumps, and I'm doing these forward rolls, and I'm getting dizzy from doing these rolls because I'm doing them wrong, that I felt like, oh, do I really want to do this, or do I just want to just sit and watch and be a fan? Like, that, it was just in my mind after that first, like, that first week of getting in the ring, and I wanted to quit so bad because I was hurting like it was just the the amount of pain I was in but I just kept saying that this was this was something I wanted to do and I never ever quit in anything um anything that I ever did I've never quit so I I just kept just motivating myself to get back in there and just keep doing it and keep doing it whether it it took me longer than others I still was just going to get in there and do it but 
I I did not. I thought it was a cakewalk when I first went in there. I thought it was. And reality woke me up like, bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> this is not <laughs> as easy as it looks. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to keep going. But, you know, eventually I got used. Everybody gets used to it after a while once you just be consistent with it. So I was consistent with it. And, you know, I just kept going after that. So before you made your 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 Ring of Honor debut on April 1st of 2017, before that, what were you doing? Because you know what? The history behind you is not out there. Like, so what I mean, what were you doing leading up to your first major promotion? What, what, what I mean, did, was there a lot of indies you were doing that is not out there? What, I mean, or was it just straight straining to right into Ring of Honor? Explain your 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 your, your you know, your path to get my to where journey. You, my yeah. hustle, my journey. Yeah. And you know what? It's so crazy because um, I, like I said, Damien Adams, he's a highly respectable trainer. So he just, he's very respected in, in everywhere. WWE, Impact, uh, Ring of Honor, like everybody knows my trainer. So it's just the way that he had his students go from like, okay, we're training. And in a couple months, we're going to do some indie stuff. And the consistency of us training got us to a point where now we're being featured on ring of honor. Now we're being featured on impact. And we doing this in a matter of months. So I, when I, before I got to ring of honor, I was doing like, you know, indies here and there traveling the roads with, with uh, Deanna and Deanna and I have been training since day one. So I've been on the roads doing stuff with her because she was, she had already succeeded in doing a lot of stuff with WWE and with, with impact and ring of honor. So I was just following in her path as well, because she was helping it in those doors open for me um, as, as well as Damien Adams. So I was doing stuff like with beyond and uh, WWR, which is beyond sister um, promotion. And I was doing stuff with Northeast wrestling. So it was a lot of uh, big uh, indie name, indie com indie promotions in the Northeast that I was doing before I got to ring of honor. And uh, the one that a lot of things people say is that if you can make it in the Northeast promotional area as indie wise, you can, definitely make it everywhere because there's a lot of big 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 companies in the northeast that you can just debut on do your thing shine and then a lot of places will see that because with beyond especially beyond wrestling they got a lot of views on youtube and anybody who's everybody had came through beyond wrestling and um is now mega stars today mm -hmm. so um yeah i was doing that for a little bit traveled in canada did destiny wrestling canada i was doing I did uh wrestle for Savio Vega in Puerto Rico um I was everything was just happening so fast for me and I was just like so blown away that every that all this traveling that I was doing within a matter of months right before I got to Ring of Honor and being able to get that uh chance to wrestle at Ring of Honor with just the little experience that I've had and then you know showing that I can definitely shine like the brightest star in the sky I am um yeah. it's, it's just amazing it was just an amazing thing <laughs> And it was just that opportunity. It's like an eight-mile story. It's like that that one opportunity you get, you can't blow it. So that's what I did when I debuted for Ring of Honor. It was a super card of honor. I actually was not even supposed to be on the card. Like, I literally was emailing anyone and everyone from Ring of Honor saying, hey, I'm going to be down there. And if there's any opportunities, I don't care if it's a dark match. I, I am willing and able to give myself to help out anything. And I got a phone call saying, hey, we got an open match. You know, are you still coming down? Hell yeah. Got my match. And there it is. <laughs> okay, you be, I got a question. Be, real, real quick, Jimmy. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Bro. 
you you beat Brandy Lauren on that show. It was uh I did. Now, is is that the Brandy that was with us when when me when I was there? Yeah, that was the Brandy. That was definitely the Brandy that was with us. Uh yeah, uh, she was with um she was behind with uh Kimberly and they were like uh with, with Sue Young. Yeah, that was her. Okay. Yeah, I beat her. Okay. Really quickly, I'm not trying to backtrack here, but I know we want to move forward in your career, but at the same time, you talked about Damian Adams being your trainer, a great trainer. What is the one thing that stuck with you that he taught you or, or, or sticks with you that you still um, implement today? It's the one thing that the, the biggest thing that from him, you said, hey, you know what? He was absolutely right about this. And I continue to do that. It's just the, the consistency and the hustle. Um, basically, you never stop learning. No matter how far in your career you're in, you're always going to be a student at a game and just doesn't matter if you are signed to impact WWE, AEW, um, just being consistent in the ring and just being a better, better of yourself tomorrow than you were today. Um, it helps you advance your career every single time. So he, he tells that to us every single time, but at the same time, he also tells us that he's proud of us and all the accomplishments, accomplishments that we are achieving here. But he also says, just always remain consistent, always hustle, always be better than, than you were, um, today or yesterday and, and be better tomorrow. So it's just the hustle there and, and, and the consistency. Nice. So Tasha, I go back to 2018. The first time I saw you wrestle was mm -hmm. with chaotic wrestling. Ooh, one of my favorite promotions, two time women's champion. You know, you got <laughs> to say you're a champion in the same company as a Sasha Banks. You're in there mm -hmm. with, you know, Kofi Kingston was in there. Uh, I believe Tomas Ciampa was in there. Um, you got Ivar from the Viking Raiders. If you're in the Northeast independent wrestling, you got chaotic, you got limitless up in and up North a little bit more. But mm -hmm. how that was what 2018 you won there and 18 you won in 19 as well. Mm -hmm. Going to a promotion like a chaotic amongst others that you talked about. Getting you ready for that jump to an ROH to an impact and so on and so forth down the road because shit you ain't done yet. You just started. How, how companies like that, how do they play into your to your career going forward after this? Oh, big time. Um, they're the reasons why I'm able to do what I what I do today, you know, um, because these big companies, whether you know it or not, are looking at companies like Chaotic, are looking at companies like Northeast and Limitless and Beyond and so on and so forth. They, they're watching or they at least have somebody watching these companies. And this is how they get their stars from these companies. And I've always wanted to wrestle for Chaotic. Um, I knew Chaotic was such a big name in the Northeast as, um, as well as beyond and, and Northeast and, and Limitless. Um, so that was definitely on the top of my list to, to wrestle. Um, and I was able, once I got the opportunity to wrestle there, um, I thought it was just a one and done. And I still appreciated the opportunity, but when they just, they just liked how I was. And with Lish Edwards also being there, that's, that's her home company as well. So I was able to, get in a lot more because I was, I'm, I'm friends with her and she's been able to put that bug in the air. Like, Hey, listen, Tasha's really good. You definitely want to use her a lot more. So I was able to get in there a lot more also with her help. Um, 
having that opportunity was great to wrestle for chaotic. Like I said, one of my favorite promotions and being a two-time women's champion there. Also being a part of culture season with now the NXT champion, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, shout out to Carmelo Hayes. Um, but being able for us to, you know, start that group there and shine so big there. And, and everybody, everybody still talks about culture season today with chaotic. So, um, but it's just amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And um, being able to take everything that I've done there to go to places like NWA, Ring of Honor, Impact, be able to do that, you know, it's a blessing for me. Yeah, because I, 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 I've had I've talked to no, numerous people from the Northeast, you know, John Alba, I've had, you know, Beer City Bruiser. I've had a lot of those guys that worked a lot of those promotions. Brian Malonis, another one. But I would put up the Northeast independent scene against pretty much anybody in the country right now, because you well, look definitely. at a lot of these rosters, there's a lot of those Northeast yourself being one of them mm-hmm. that are out there. Mm-hmm. So I, I said it all the time. If you can make it in the Northeast with the Northeast promotions, you can make it mm-hmm. anywhere. The Northeast is the place to really get your name out there because these are had, these have the most biggest promotions on this side of the United States. So if you can make it in the Northeast, even at one promotion, everybody's going to see it. Everybody's going to see you. Everybody's going to know who you are. You're going to make it out there. That's that, that's amazing. And, and and you did mention going to the NWA as well. How was that transition mm-hmm. over to NWA? What was the biggest, I, I know it's, it's pro wrestling and people say going from one, people who don't know, Oh, going from one promotion to the other, how different can it be? How different was going to the NWA from, ROH. It was very different with with Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor was like fan type of of, of a promotion. It's just like everyone wants to see like spot, 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 spot. With NWA, NWA is very old school. NWA is where you see your Ric Flair's and your Buddy Rogers. You know, Ring of Honor is where you see your CM Punks and your Samoa Joe. So it's just it's a huge transition because. NWA is old school wrestling, literally. There's no, like, everything you do in there is very old school. And people there want to see old school wrestling. Like, you can throw, like, a little something in between, a little arm drag, a little lucha, a little something in there. But at the end of the day, people love that lock-up, tie-up, struggle in between, that type of, of, of sequence. And... They cheer for it and they love it. It's the little things and they love that type of stuff. And also going out there with no music, <laughs> that was that was my biggest thing. When I first debuted, and I had no like when I first debuted, I had music because I debuted on, on their pay-per-view. But doing their uh TV tapings, there was no music. So you're just <laughs> going out there. So it's like you're sitting in gorilla and you're like waiting, like, all right, do I go now? Do I go now? When do I go? Do I go now? And it's just it's you have no music to hit. So it's just like oh shit, when do I go out there? And then when you go out there, you got to use your energy to bring the crowd in and you don't know if they're going to cheer or boo you because it, or they're going to be dead silent. Like who the hell is this person? And they're just cricket. So it's just, it's a waiting game. It's also nervous because like, like with the music, you can drown that out because you could just vibe to your music when you go to the ring and then you're like, all right, I'm getting in my zone for, for the match. But when you have no music and you're going out there and you have to like literally feel yourself on how things are going to go off the people's energy, it's completely different. Um, but I had so much fun 
And it was just so much fun learning because there's so many legends that came through and it was just so many people that I've never met before that I was working with for the first time that I've learned a lot from and I was able to just go in and just take advice from them and be able to advance my career from there. So um, NWA was definitely a good uh, pit stop along the way during my race and I, I loved it. I enjoyed it very much. I had I had no idea what you were going to say when he asked you that. And I was getting ready to go there. And I'm so happy. I, I, I was so happy that you said what you said. Because first of all, that's when me and you first met. Um, uh-huh. But I would say that for people out there that don't know, and, and if, if you don't agree, and I know you will, just tell me shut up, whatever. Um, but the NWA experience was something very unique that I've never experienced in my entire career. And it taught me a lot, believe it or not, because people have to realize it's a studio show. Mm-hmm. And when I say studio, I don't mean impact wrestling. That's in Orlando. I'm talking about a little, like they were excited when we sold 200 tickets and sold mm-hmm. that little place out, but it looked so much bigger, but yet it wasn't like the impact look per se. It taught me more about learning how to really give signals really how to be a good quality ref in a small room. And it taught you guys how to be able to hear these little things and figure them out and how to play this crowd. That's 200 people, but on a grander stage, it's not an indie show. It's a show that's aired. You know what I mean? This is on pay-per-view and backstage was the best. Mm -hmm. Billy Corgan built, Billy Corgan built such a wonderful place to work. Um, it was something I wish and prayed. I wish I'd have never got that opportunity. And I'm so blessed to have had it. So I didn't know your answer to that. Cause some people I've talked to that actually did it, didn't like it. And I'm like, well, you're a fucking idiot. But nobody liked you. Yeah. Fucking idiot. You know? No, I, mean, I, I actually loved it. I loved it. I wanted to be a part of NWA when jazz was there and she was the women's, she had the Burke, you know, and she was having her open challenges. And I wanted to be one of the women whether win or lose, you know, I wasn't expecting to win. I just wanted to step in the ring with a legendary woman holding this legendary championship and being in the ring with her. And it didn't matter if it was run of five people or 500 people. It was just that dream right there that everybody else wanted that I wanted to, to make come true for myself. But NWA is definitely a different experience and it's not for everybody. Um, a lot of people think that NWA is going into NWA is probably like going into another promotion, but it's not It's completely different the vibes are different, but it's also fun at the same time. But it's a learning experience because, yes, you you have to learn different signals. You have to learn how to really work on the fly there. Like, if you don't know how to work on the fly and in training, get to learn how to work on the fly in training because doing that at NWA, it, the environment is completely different. And sometimes you have to do that work on the fly. Um, you also have to do that, like, for TV and stuff like that sometimes, too. But really with NWA, it's very intimate. It's an intimate setting. I think we were like, what, in Atlanta. So it's like, yeah, like 200 people. So they're either going to cheer, they're going to boo, or they're going to be quiet. So when they're quiet, you have to really work. You're working like double, triple times. You're working in the ring. You're working the crowd. And now you're working with the ref. So it's, it's a lot. But at the same time, um, it changes you. And it changes you for the better. That's amazing. Yeah, so That's amazing. Go ahead, Jimmy. No, no, no. RJ, please. So I want to get to um, 2019 here, right? You leave, you leave. Excuse me, NWA. You go over here to um, to Impact in May of 19 with your debut. Uh, 
taking your experience from the NWA going to Impact, I being at a show when Brian one of one of Brian's last shows, um, almost at this point, almost over a year ago, the one thing that I saw, and I don't, I won't get too specific about Impact behind the scenes. That is, is it such a close knit family? You know, everybody saying hi to each other, you know, you know, peek behind the curtain, you know, there's, there, there's good, there's bad, there's everything in between. Going from the NWA to this, it was that kind of like, you know, eye opening, so to speak. And it, it's not to disparage anything with the NWA. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it's a matter of, Hey, I'm going to this. It's like, and it's like that wizard of Oz scene where Dorothy goes out from the black and white and goes into the, the, the color. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of the aspect when you go into another promotion like that? Um, Honestly, I think it's just, it's when you go from one promotion to a next, it's basically, you're just, I'll have to say you're just, it, it, it's like you're, you're moving from one home to the next. You're, you're, you're getting out of this scene, out of this environment that you're used to. And then you're good. You're just moving to a new scene and a new environment. Like you're just, you're just doing something different. Um, I was impact. Um, I already got like great vibes because I had did uh, a, I'm sorry. I had did uh, a knockout um, battle Royal. So I did something with them already before I became for impact became my permanent home. And I've already had friends there, you know, so I, I had like Jessica Havoc was already there. Lisha Edwards was already there. Sue Young was already there. Kiara Hogan was already there. There was just Jordan Grace was already there. There was so many girls that were already there that I was friends with and, and have worked on the Indies with that helped me make things better and, and helped me feel more comfortable when I got there. Um, so when impact became my permanent home, it was just being around people that I haven't worked with before and being around people that um, I'm not used to seeing all the time. And that's when you go to any, any promotion, you're always going to be around people that you've never been around, but that's a good thing because you're going to be around new people and new people and new faces, meaning that you can make them part of your family and they can make you part of their family, you know? So um, it's always good. It's just, it's just basically moving from one home to the next and you're just, or moving from one state to the next or one country to the next. And you're just getting used to the environment. You're adapting to the the new environment and, and you're just learning new things and, and you're getting to know new people. Um, so I just, with NWA, it was more, it was smaller with us as a roster, but now with Impact, when I went to Impact, it was a bigger roster and more people and more people that you had to go through when it, when it came to different things and people to talk to and agents and producers and stuff like that. So, um, but it's, it's a good transition. And like I said, it, you, it's all part of the learning experience. It's all part of that race that you're going in and, and, and you're just, you're just learning from one place to the next. And so, um, I wouldn't consider it like the going from the black to the black and white to the color. I would just consider it just going from one, moving from one home to another home in a different state. So, t- so Tasha, that question actually, RJ, kind of affects me as well. And I, and I want to say mm-hmm. this, Tasha, see if you don't think this maybe can sum it up. To me, when I was in NWA, obviously I've been on the biggest pond there is, which was WWE, obviously, okay? Went to, to NWA and felt like I was with a mom that wasn't married with a brother, 
And then finally, I met this woman and she had her mother, her father, her grandparents. She had six brothers and sisters and went to a reunion where there was all these motherfuckers that were the friendliest people with the best fucking food. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. You're going from a small family to a big family (laughs) with the same almost environment. It's just a Mm -hmm. bigger scale. That's really all it is. And it's a matter of you being a professional and getting along with who you're getting ready to go work with and sign with and make money with. If you Mm -hmm. can't do that, then you better go somewhere else. And that's how it works in the business. You know, um, and that's the way I saw it. I didn't see anything different to me. Catering wasn't no better in NWA than it was at, the, at fucking Impact. It, mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it was just much more brothers and sisters. There was just more people, more producers, more cameras, more this and that, more people, more in attendance. But the same kind of thing is just like going from a small family to a much bigger family. And like you said, from a smaller one-bedroom house to all of a sudden now I got a four-bedroom house. But mm-hmm. I have more people in the house. You know what I mean? And, and that's that's really the way to, 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 to describe it. And it's a humbling, great feeling. It were is. You there, were you there when we got Airbnbs or whatever they're called? What well, do we, got we call them? Those things that people rent for, uh, like, when you oh, go the somewhere. Air, the Airbnbs? Yeah, I was in there. It was, you know, it was me. It was me, uh, Ashley Vox, Eddie, Homicide. Damn. Uh, I I think Tom and um, Camille at one time. And then I think, like, I think that was it. But it mainly was, like, me, Homicide, Eddie, and Ashley Box. And we were in a house. I think Colt Cabana joined us a couple of times in the Airbnbs. <laughs> we, had, <laughs> we had the house. <laughs> we had wow. the free. We had That's the a heck of a house. house. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you right you now. I can tell you right now, that motherfucker ain't still standing. Yeah. Oh man, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe just the frame, and that's about it. But the walls are blown out. <laughs> yeah. But but the but, but, but is definitely trashed. <laughs> but but you know what's crazy though? Wasn't that really fun and cool? It was. It it was. You know, it it was just it it was just something I've never experienced. I'm used to like the hotels, and then you share in the hotel with somebody, or it's like you fly in a day of, and then they just kind of fly you out like in the middle of the night the next day for promotion but it's like you're in an airbnb you're in a house and you're in it with people that you know people that you're comfortable with until you get comfortable with more people and then you could just you know switch around okay we're gonna put you in it was just it was just so much fun and they made things so comfortable and i think big up to maureen because maureen she was like definitely like the mother of doing all of that you know she got all of that together so i think if it wasn't for maureen i think half that stuff probably would have just well just a, just <laughs> just a little peel back the curtain by the way um i also was behind all that as well see nobody told me that so shout out to Brian and Maureen that was doing the yeah. damn thing, you know? <laughs> but, 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 but guess who I had to deal with mostly because she didn't want to do it? Who? Steiner, Rock and Roll Express. Oh. Um, I won't name any more, but, but after that, uh, I'm sorry. You're talking old school. Yeah. 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 I had to, I, had, I worked a lot back there. Nobody realized, but I, it's, it's all good. I'm not, I don't want props. If I wanted props, I'd ask for it. I don't want props. I'm just saying. Well, I'm giving you your flowers. I'm giving you. <laughs> I didn't know, so now I know. But here, 
shout out to you, Brian. You made things mm. happen. Marie made things happen. You here's your flowers. Take your flowers, Brian. Damn it. I'm giving you your damn <laughs> you flowers. Go. Are you going to give my flowers water or are you going to piss on them? What are you going to do? If you don't give me my dinner, I might piss on them because it's been <laughs> some time and you lost this bet and you need to pay up, okay? The good news is McDonald's open 24 hours, so we're good. Oh, hell no. No, oh, no, wow. hell no. I'm not a McDonald's girl. Oh. I'm well, not a McDonald's be- girl. Well, you could be like uh, when, when I was traveling with the great Kali, I was saddled with him for a little bit. Hey, Jimmy, we stopped at Denny's. Denny's? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I don't know what it was about Denny's. I don't know what it was about Denny's that he loved so much, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I want to bring something. I, sorry to bring it back to wrestling right now, but because <laughs> you brought up something earlier that kind of sits in my brain now. You talked about ROH being a more spotty kind of style of wrestling nwa being more old school kind of and 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 the challenge today is as i like to say yes the business evolves over the years and but at the end of the day it's like the tire the tire started it off as a uh, as made of stone then it became wood then it became rubber and vulcanized rubber and it evolved over the years but at the end of the day it was always round and -hmm. that's the same with pro wrestling it's just today trying to mesh that old school with new school together um is that something you find challenging nowadays um not really i mean for myself i was i was trained to be diverse and everything because um you just never know where you're going to end up in your career you can go to mexico for a couple of years so you know i was always trained how to do lucha things you can go over to the uk and they do world of sports stuff so you i was trained how to do that um or, you know, being in, 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 in the United States, everybody does everything, you know. So it's just being it's just being diverse and learning to be diverse. Um, it helps you in your career a lot more because then you can just go anywhere and do anything. And it doesn't matter, like, where it is. You're like, all right, I can adapt to that. Not to say that you have to be the absolute best at it, but if you just know just a little bit, it can get you by. Um, but I, I just, at the end of the day, like, everybody was just, it's what they wanted to see, what they liked. So this is what they liked in Ring of Honor. This is what they liked in NWA. This is what they liked to see in WWE. And I feel like with WWE and Impact, they want to see the mixture of both. So like with, mm-hmm. with Ring of Honor, it's kind of like spotty. And, and with NWA, it's always old school. So like with, with Impact and with AEW and then with, with WWE, everybody wants to see all of it mixed together. And I mean, it's fun because, you know, you get these different diverse people of, uh, different styles and you mesh them together and you just create one one hell of a match one hell nice. of a story and that's what it's all about it's the story people seem to think i have to get this in there every week people think it's about the twisting burning 450 hammer phoenix splash <laughs> it's not it's about the story and the characters telling the story psychology is everything yes <laughs> love hearing that love hearing that yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you one more question, and then we're going to head to our third count. And we're going to get to some That's fan it. questions, and um, then we're going to start bullshitting with each other. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I went through my show notes, and, I, and, and, and there's a lot of highlights on here, a lot of highlights. And I've noticed a theory here, which is not a bad thing, okay? Uh-oh, uh-oh. No, 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 it's, it's really not bad. But what do you think about all the opportunities Everywhere you got, and you came up short with all of them, it seemed like, through most of your career leading up to, now I know you won some world championships otherwhere. Uh, what mm-hmm. was that 
the earlier federation we called up, up there where you're yeah. at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I some stuff yeah. there, but I'm saying as far as the, the, the bigger promotions, and I don't mean to be like, like I said that in quotations, um, mm -hmm. you finally did it. You finally did it. And not only did you do it, but who did you beat? <clears throat> I have the pleasure of saying this. I beat one of the greatest women champions of all time, Mickey James. Wow. I beat her. I beat her. It was me. She suffered her 10th loss as a champion. Tell me. That was me. That did it. That was me. I did it all. And you did do it. You did do it. And the reason why this came to me is because why do you think that everyone, every, I mean, I'm telling you, I've got highlighted fucking notes all over this fucking paper. <laughs> You've had every opportunity and every fucking year and every type of stipulation match and every type of match that says you get a number one contender, all this bullshit, and you lost mm -hmm. every fucking one of them. I'm like, Jesus Christ, can this girl get a goddamn break? And then, I, <laughs> and then I realized that it was finally, I know I highlighted a bitch somewhere, um, <laughs> on March 24th episode of Impact, um, nope, that's the wrong one. But anyway, I don't know. Nope, nope, nope. It was, no, it was, no, it was no, a review. See, it was hard to kill. Are you talking hard to kill? Hard to kill? It was hard to kill, Brian. Give me a break, Brian. It was hard to kill. And I, and I was there. Uh, was you the ref? Yes, I was the ref. Don't you ask me some stupid shit. Jeez. Oh, oh my God. I'm, I'm, starting to, I'm starting to think all those highlights, he just goes like this, Tosh. I think he just goes like this all the so time too. on the paper. <laughs> what, what are you doing, Brian? What are you doing? You were the damn ref. You raised my hand. Come on, Brian. Uh, I'm apparently not highlighting the right shit. I don't know. Oh, I, maybe maybe I just highlighted all the losses and then right like highlight the the freaking win. But she lost. She's a loser. But that is a testament to you because everyone thought you were right there. Everyone thought you were right there. So my question to you, in a nutshell, is. How does it feel to finally be thought of as possibly that person? And then the one day someone says, not only is she the person, we're putting the fucking rocket on her. And not only we're we going to put it on her, but she's going to be a wrestling legend. Talk to me about that flavor. Holy shit. You know what? I have never had somebody ask me this question like this, Brian. Like, ooh, nice. I feel like I'm on the spot with this right now. You know, okay. I just feel like, I, I, I really feel like, this is just all, and I don't even feel like I'm done yet. You know, um, there's just so many other things that I have to still accomplish, but um, I just feel like it's just that, that hustle, that race that I'm, that I'm in, you know, it wasn't my time at the time, you know, it was just me still trying to prove myself and just showing, showing off, trying to be different. You know, I just felt like maybe they thought of me as, okay, well, what makes her different from me putting the title on or just me letting her win versus these other girls that are just kind of looking the same or being the same? You know, maybe I was just still not standing out to others, you know, so that's probably why I was taking the L's. But I don't take the L's as just like, oh, I, I freaking lost, so now what? No, I just take it as a learning experience. I take it as a, well, now I'm going back to the drawing board and I'm just gonna do, do something even different, something even better, and I'm just going to just keep figuring out 
what's going to make me stand out? What's going to make me really open these people's eyes to say, she is the megastar. She is going to be the one at the top. She is going to have that rocket and she is going to blow past the fucking sky through the moon. And she is going to be the one like, that's what I kept doing. I didn't, I didn't feel discouraged about any loss. I just took it as a thank you. Um, I appreciate your time in the ring with me, uh, opponent. And thank you for trusting me with your body as I am trusting you with mine. And here we go. Now I'm on to the next phase of my career is what's next. Okay, well, this is what I got to do. And that's what I got to do. I just go right back home and I sit and I just rewatch different tapes of different eras of wrestling. All right, I'm going to take something from here in the 80s. I'm going to take something here from Triple H because he's my favorite wrestler. And I'm going to take something here from Eddie Guerrero. And then I'm going to take something here from, from World of Sport in, in the UK. I'm going to take something here. Like, I'm just going to take these different things. And I am going to just mix it up. And I'm going to take it to Damian Adams. And I'm going to say, what do you think? And he's going to say, this is what we're going to do with you. And and he just we just train accordingly. And he just knew how to put the Boricua Badass together. And that's what I did. I, I, it's all just a learning process. It's all about me just making myself better tomorrow than I was yesterday. And that's what I did. So, um, but answer. just to, to get in there with someone like Mickey James is just mind blowing to me to this day. A lot of people would just say, you know, it's Mickey James, but at the same time, it's someone that you've been inspired by someone who has changed the game for not just professional wrestling, but, for women in professional wrestling has broke those glass ceilings. Um, I don't know why I keep putting her over because <laughs> maybe are we, are we, are we, are we, are we Brian, what do you think? We are, are we, you think we're on good terms this time? Cause last time we wasn't really on good terms. Me and her, you think we, we're on good terms. You think we're really cool friends, hardcore flavor, maybe. No? I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, do, do I think either one of y'all really give two fucks? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I know deep down inside, Mickey James loves her some flavor, so I'm I'm all good. But no, in in, in all seriousness, um, this is a woman that I've learned so much from in the ring, like in person, and learned from just watching her on TV. So it was just an honor to be able to be in a ring with her. I didn't care if I won or lost; it was just an honor to be in a ring with her and to accomplish that dream that I had and and that anybody would have. They be in a ring with their favorite wrestlers or people that they're inspired by. So it was, it was amazing. Cool deal. I got one more question that we'll send up to the third county. Cause I've been itching to ask this since we restarted and I totally forgot about it. Um, mm-hmm. We last saw you about March of this past year. Um, what, uh, what, what, what have you been up to? Oh, flavor has been doing some flavor things, you know, booked and busy. That's what I do. You know, I've been in the lab cooking. You know, cooking up something new for everybody. That's what that's what the chef does. The chef, the chef always brings flavor. I'm better than Baskin and Robbins, okay? They only could provide 31 flavors. But me, my flavors are endless, okay? To infinity, all right? So I've been cooking a lot. And uh, I can't wait to present what I've been cooking to you guys lately, you know? It's really tasty, really flavorful. Can't wait. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they'll come sooner rather than later because... Man, I I can't wait to see you back in that ring with some of these great women wrestlers and mm-hmm. impact. Uh man, it's just man, just get you lock up with a couple of those again. It's it'd be great for oh, TV yeah. and great for mm-hmm. pay-per-view. I like oh, a lot. Know, they say good things come to those who wait. So there we go. Patience is a uh, virtue. 
Is, you know, I, like, I like a lot of flavors, by the way. Just letting you know. Thirty-one's yeah. the not enough. There you go. Thirty-one's not enough. <laughs> Thirty-one yeah. is definitely yeah. not enough. But I'm with RJ. I can't wait. I'm tired of seeing Scott Demore having to get back in the ring and stuff. So. Yeah, you know, it was amazing seeing Scott in the ring. I <laughs> honestly was like, oh God, is Scott gonna is he gonna die in the middle of the spring? Please God, don't mess. <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> to see him, and he didn't even he is. He just didn't miss a beat, man. And then that's mm. just the amazing thing to see when you yeah. just step away for so long and then you get back in the ring and it's just like, it's just like just, just walking all over again, you know? So it was just amazing to see him do his thing. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, why don't we send up to our third count and we'll get some listener questions in here for you, Tasha. Let's do it. This is your three count. We are back for the third count, and it's been a great chat here with Tasha Steele so far, and these other two guys that are with me too. What can I tell you? But uh, <laughs> you know what? This is where we get questions from fans to ask you, Tasha. And mm-hmm. I'm going to start this off. There was uh, a fellow by the name of Ray that sent in a question and, and saying, "What are your thoughts on Trinity's Impact Wrestling debut? Will we see a title match between you two?" Mm, you know, Trin has been making that impact, all pun intended. Um, I love it. I love it because it's it's a new and, and different environment for her. You know, she's just used to NXT going to in the main roster of WWE. So now this is just something different that she's stepping into. And, um, you know, just right off the bat, stepping into it, showing off and being able to be champion right now um, is amazing for her. I love that for her. It's literally the bet on yourself story. So she did that, got that opportunity, um, won, and now she's champion. And, you know, you just never know. Tasha Steeles versus Trinity for the Impact Knockout World Champion. That right there is money. That sells tickets. That's mm-hmm. money. We're going we're gonna to keep that in mind. <laughs> I'm, buying, I, I, I'm buying in. I do. We do have to wait, though, because Emergence is coming up in Toronto, uh, August 26th. So we have Trinity versus Deanna. So it might not be Trinity versus Tasha Steele for the Knockouts World Championship. It may be Deanna Perrazzo versus Tasha Steele. Um, or it could be Trinity versus Tasha Steele. Either way, it's going to be a huge story. So uh, tune Very in. Cool. Everybody's got to tune in. You got to see. Yeah. Well, I would really appreciate if you can make that happen for uh, the September show because I'll be driving down to that pay per view. So, I really appreciate. It. I'm joking. I'm joking, of course. Um, actually, no, I'm not are, joking. I want that to happen. happen. I'll I want that to happen. I'm not joking. There you go. But you heard it here it for first, division. folks. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to object to that. Probably <laughs> beat the crap out of me. Um. Anyways, uh, <laughs> our next question comes from friend of the show, Lewis Carlin from the Alliance Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, he asks, would you be open to heading to Japan to compete for Stardom or TJPW? Uh, and is there an opponent in mind that you'd like to face? Oh, man, I've been wanting to go to Japan since like 2017. Um. So I'm definitely open for Japan. Um. As far as opponents, all of those ladies out there are fucking amazing. So it's like, how can you choose? How can you choose of who you would want to face out there? Um, you know, of course, the first name that pops to mind is Kyrie, but it's just so many different women out there that are like just as hard hitting. So I would love to go out there to stardom. 
um, and just wrestle anyone, anyone, everyone. Um, but yeah, I would love to dive into that. Okay, um, I have a question from Impact One. What do you have left in your tank at Impact Wrestling? And what do you think after Impact Wrestling, if there is life after, for AEW or WWE that's different in today's women wrestling that you could bring to the okay. table? I got a question. Whose burner account is that? All right. <laughs> Who's asking the question? Whose burner account is that? You, are you guys trying to get me in trouble? Who's asking that question, Impact One? Which producer is Scott? Is that you? What, what, what question is that? What kind of question is that? What do I have left in the tank? I am the brightest star in the sky. I am the Boricua badass. I am the greatest that beat the greatest. There's no such thing as what's left in the tank. The tank is always full. Okay, like I said, I'm better than Baskin Robbins. I have endless amounts of flavor to give. I will give it any and everywhere, but right now, Impact is the place to be, and that's where I'm giving it, and that's all they're gonna get. Period. Yes. Period. Where's the thing? I want to hear it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. So. There's also been people that you have been graced to touch the ring with. This is actually from um, at Baby Hebner on Twitter and Instagram. Um, All right. <laughs> you've been with girls such as Thunder Rosa, Deanna Perrazzo, Mickey James, Melina. The list is bigger, okay? But, mm -hmm. wow. I mean, you've done some stuff. And what's what's there now like are you at the like the point in your career where you're like i've been with those i've beat those i've i've, I've lost to some of those where i should have gotten mm -hmm. my title shot where are you career-wise saying to yourself i'm the best that's out there and want to prove it because i know that's all you think because it should mm -hmm. be you're the most athletic woman i think that's out there right now and i just want to know where are you going what you doing? What are you gonna do? Oh, I'm I'm still in this race. Uh what what was that at Baby Hebner? Um Baby Hebner on Twitter. I'm still in the race, you know, I'm still running. Like there's there's no slowing down for me. Uh, you know, those are just pit stops in my journey. Like I, I don't I don't feel like I'm the greatest yet, even though I say I'm the greatest to be the greatest, but that's just that's just one little that's one little accolade I have there. But um I don't I'm just different. I'm, I'm different overall. And that's all I just, I aim to be every single time. I just want my name to be brought up in rooms, in big rooms, not just any rooms, but in big rooms. And I just want to be my name for to come up and also to say she was always different. She was always the standout. She was always the one that we can always, just when you think of a name, Tasha Steeles is the first person to go. That that's That's where I am in my career. I'm just the one that wants to be talked about in the rooms. I don't need to want to, had that drive to want to be the greatest woman's wrestler or the greatest wrestler alive. That's what everybody wants to do. That's, that's what everyone wants to do. I don't want to follow that path. I want to be the leader and be different and go down a different path and just be the one to have her name come up in all these rooms. And that's it. Well, you know what I want to do? And I, and I know we have more questions. I'm sorry. I don't want to waste time I'm, I'm, and we'll get right back to it. But you know what I want to do? I want to politic right now. I'm, 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 I want to sign a petition. 
And I want Impact Wrestling to do one thing. I want them to take a script, rip the motherfucker off, just rip it up, and just say, Tasha, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out there, and I want you to sell me some fucking tickets, and I want you to talk shit about Trinity or Deanna Perrazzo or who the fuck it may be, and say, sell me some fucking tickets. And that's what I think you are. That's how good I think you are. Your promo skills have never been, in my opinion, pushed like they should be. And I think mm. that there's a missed boat there. And I will say it. I know the world's going to hear it. It's fine with me. I'm going to I'm gonna put up that petition and say, let that girl flow. Let that girl do her flavor. Let that girl put fire in the building, in the room, and build shit up. I, I think you're the best at it, and and I think that that's the only way for you to really get over, in my opinion, as big as you can be. Absolutely, absolutely. It. Um. Side note, just real quick. Um, I mean, Tommy Dreamer knew, and he made that clear. We uh we did there was like a, a loop in Atlanta before I even got signed. Um, and I guess they were trying out like different announce backstage announcers that they were trying to do. And um, Tommy was just like the producer back there doing it. So he he was just looking for somebody for this girl to kind of like interview, you know, and she was just going through different wrestlers. And it, I, don't, I guess it wasn't really working out for her, but he wanted to give something else to try. And he called me. I was just sitting backstage and he was just like, Tasha, can you cut a promo? And I looked at him. And I was like, Dreamer, can I cut a promo? Come on. So he was like, all right, you're on the spot. On the spot, told the girl, hey, she's wrestling for this title tonight against this person. Go. And I didn't even let her finish what she was going to ask. I just went. And he literally stops everyone in their tracks and says, why haven't we signed Tasha Steeles yet? And that really, like, just filled my heart when he did that because I'm like, I'm getting the validation from somebody who knows how to create a star and somebody who's been in the business for so long and has just so much respect and to get that validation, it was just, it was amazing for me. So I appreciate you, Brian, giving me also a validation of just, I, like I said, want to be different. I want my name to be talked about in big rooms and it doesn't have to me be me being the greatest wrestler, the greatest woman's wrestler. It's just my name being brought up constantly. I love that answer. I absolutely love that yeah. answer. Thank you. All right. Our next question comes from Mr. Impact Craig. He says, with Impact coming over to the UK, have you spent time over here? And are there any independent UK wrestlers you'd like to face off against? I have never been to the UK. I've always wanted to go to UK. I was supposed to, but uh COVID struck the world and shut everything down. So there was my opportunity. Um, but with Impact coming and doing a UK tour, I'm very excited. So I can't wait to um, to join everyone on the roster and just go over to UK. And um, I'm open to any and everyone. Everyone is uh, just amazing out here and their, you know, talent should be showcased. So um, any and every female I I that I get opportunities, I come out and I get opportunities all the time. So I will want them to have the same thing. Um, so I'm open to anyone. I don't have a specific person. I want to face any and everyone and I want to just shine with them. Well, I want to tell you real quick. Um, and, um, Jimmy, you can touch on this as well. Mm -hmm. So not being to the UK before, uh, is 
incredibly sinful, by the way. Um, <laughs> what? It, it, it's, it's very sinful that you have not been. Oh, yes, it is. It is. Yes, it and is. I can just mm -hmm. tell you right now, it would be an honor and a privilege once you come back after you experience it. You're talking about passionate, loving you and what you do and the company you work for is incredible. I remember not just TNA, the WWE days mm -hmm. where they had to set up hotels where they had security have to bring us in because of the fan support. Um, it's unbelievable. And you're going to be a huge star when you go over there. It's unbelievable. Jimmy, you've got to have, you, yeah. you got to wait on this. Oh, absolutely. See, when you talk about passionate fans, you know, the UK has absolutely some of the most passionate fans on the planet. Yes, you could talk about different areas and different, you know, uh, fans of certain promotions and that sort of thing. But they're, they're a different breed there. And like Brian said, there were times where you, you, you had to stay in your room, even going down to the lobby no. of the hotel, because uh, they would find their ways in, but still they'd be kind of cordoned off and security have to keep them at bay. Let's put it that way. But uh, oh, yeah, I, th I think you're going to I think you're going to enjoy the UK very much. I love that. Yes, I can't wait. I actually can't wait. I'm excited for you guys. I really am mm -hmm. excited for you guys very much. I think this was like a, a just a, a long time coming. I agree. I'm excited. All right. Our next one comes from WWE Master 2018. He asked, uh, Brian brought it up earlier, the match you had at Sacrifice 2022 against Mickey James. He wants to know who's who's letting you know that you're getting the title against her who's letting me know i'm getting a title against her getting the title from her yeah who tasha steals what do you mean who who what what, what kind of question <laughs> is that who's letting me know that i'm getting the title from mickey james who's, tasha steals is letting tasha <laughs> come on who's the, what what's going on here huh tasha steals determines when tasha steals is going to get the title from mickey james and i went out there and i did it and i took the title from Mickey James. And to this day, she hasn't gotten it back. So, or maybe she did. Did she? I think she did. She took some Jordan Greens. Then she had to drop it. Yeah, something, whatever. See, 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 that's a great answer because that is a undertaker living in a woman's mind saying, kayfabe, fuck you with your question. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sorry to the guy who asked the question. I don't mean anything by that. Yeah, sorry. Say. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he she's just saying that's that's not that's a that's a nunya. Yeah, yeah. I, see, I think I think do you, the, here's a question for me now for you. Do you think at times, you know, that the curtain is peeled back a little bit too much and that there are a lot of fans out there who think they know more than. Oh, my they, gosh, Jimmy, yeah. I wish this was just in the era of back like in the 90s where you just had to sit and wait until like next week to find out what was going on. In anything, mm -hmm. you know, it was just like, you can't just, even though like, I think like late nineties, there were those people that would go like on internet and try and give away spoilers, but it just didn't stick, you know, like mm -hmm. it would like today, everybody yeah. has a freaking opinion and they have like a, they claim to have a spoiler and they know every fucking thing and they don't, mm -hmm. but I just wish this was like late nineties where you had to just sit and wait 
and wait for whatever was going to happen and be surprised. Nobody's like, they fake their surprises now. You could just tell people are just fake surprise about uh, uh, somebody mm-hmm. popping up or appearing. Like, no matter how hard, you know, these other companies, they try and keep everything, you know, disclosed, it just ends up getting out so much because people are so fucking nosy. Like, just yep. wait. Be patient, <laughs> yep. people. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, and I know she'll remember because she's got a much better memory than me. But there was a time we were hanging out. We were just, um, I, I don't know the spot, but I really do know. I think I do. I just can't imagine where it is. Um, mm-hmm. we, I think it was, we were in Pittsburgh um, at this really nice hotel. But anyway, long story short, she went into detail to me about how kayfabe sucked. And today's world, by the way, not just the, she thinks kayfabe's great. She thinks kayfabe today sucks. She even said to me, that she didn't even like when she was a heel to even sign autographs, but she knew that she had to because of today's de- demanding of the world and would love the fact that if she could do that, would enjoy the business much better. Well, don't get me wrong. Now, I agree with her uh, totally 100%. But the problem is, if she were to go to a UK tour and they put her on it to promote it, you think she can't sign an autograph? No, she better sign an autograph. <laughs> <laughs> you see my point well, yeah most definitely know. most it's definitely like weird, we, I, heels can't be heels anymore well right. you're you're honey you're just old school and i get it and it's yeah. you know what it's so much appreciated especially on this panel i don't know about <laughs> hey, i gonna, was trained by old school so that that's all i go. know <laughs> hey and that's it and, I, and I'm going to feed off that question because we're there. So for some reason, it comes keeps coming up. But So how do you feel it meant for you to finally beat someone like a legendary Mickey James? How did it affect your career to actually win, for the first time, a major world heavyweight champion knockout title? Um, I feel like it, it just – it – made me being the first time champion the championship made me more relevant um then um and then on top of that being in the ring with somebody as legendary legendary as mickey james it just it had my name just ringing bells a lot more like people that haven't seen me before heard of my name before okay now i'm get i've beaten mickey who's this tasha seagulls that beat mickey james like who is she now it's, it's causing people to research me and look me up and become fans of mine and supporters and stuff like that. So it's definitely um, elevated and made myself a lot more relevant. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's just been, it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's just, so I, I've, I've said so much about how I felt and, and what it did for me. I, I, I just feel like words can't describe anymore. You know, it's just, that was a time in my career where it's like, all right, I'm I'm in that moment, but now it's just like, what's next? I'm I'm on to like what's next of my career, the next phase. And and you have so many other women that I'm dreamed of getting in the ring with and, and on TV now. So they're out there and I'm ready for them. Awesome. I, I think I think though it, it solidified you as a star. I think it solidified you as being someone who's not just Tasha Steeles who wants to talk shit. I think it's Tasha Steeles who is a player, a fucking game changer, a person who can make or break any fucking body and say, 
I'm a big star on this fucking planet. Who the fuck wants some? Because I think that Mickey James puts you to that aspect. So to me, I think that it has to be the most rewarding win you've ever had. It's got to. Oh, yeah, most definitely. It, it, it is. Because, I mean, look at the factors. It's the fact that I'm in, I'm in the ring with, with someone like Mickey. I'm facing her for the Knockouts World Championship. And then on top of that, I defeat her for it. So it's like win, win, win all, all together. So, yeah, it, it's just that, that, that feeling, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I do. I do. Yeah, if I, weren't, if weren't I you there, a... Brian? Weren't you there when I won? Of course I was. What are you? Are you mentally f- like fried? What's going on here? No, I'm making fun of you earlier because you couldn't figure out when I won the <laughs> contendership, <laughs> and you oh, were the fucking flip... ref. Oh, oh you trying to flip the So she's trying to flip the fucking shit now. Okay. There you go. Oh. There you go. You, you leave us together too long, it's gonna get nasty up in this bitch. Oh. <laughs> Do I have it's to go like get my time. ref shirt? Yeah, you, <laughs> you, wanted put, you wanted to put your ref shirt on, but you'll be like this. I'm walking away because these two motherfuckers are having some fun. Okay. This is gonna be very or sit back and enjoy. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. All right. Our next question comes from Clint Carroll, and I'm really gonna regret saying this. Or asking this, I should say. So thanks for this, Clint. Um, he asks, what's your favorite Super Bowl championship and game? Ooh. Oh, oh, regret. Come on. Um what? let's see. What's favorite Super Bowl? <laughs> what we, come on, you had six of them, right? So let's go. Come on. I, you, it's want... hard to choose between the six. It's hard to choose between the six. Pick, you know? pick the one that Brady was in. Oh, wait, there's only oh, all of them. All six. Oh, my God. I, you know, I just loved it when Brady was in all six. and He was the only quarterback to win six championships with the same team. Um, but Wait, 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 I mean, wait, wait, wait. It's got to be the game that was set up for all the fucking bookies when they played the no. fucking Atlanta Falcons when they were dead to rights done. Are you kidding Wait, me? With- that was the game. No, I was so emotional during that game. Like literally, <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck?" Like you, if you sit with me during a game, like you would literally get a whole comedy show out of it. Because I am, I go through the motions. Like I am like a dude. I really go through the motions in a football game. You cannot talk to me. Like if you're if you're not here with me in the game, don't talk to me. So I was going through the motions. I was just like, "What the fuck?" Twenty eight three. What the. I was just, I was just going through it, and then you had the owner of the Falcons on the field. Everybody celebrating. And I'm like, this is some fucking bullshit. We get all the way to Atlanta, we lose like this. What the, fuck? you know? So, and then when Tom started coming back in the fourth quarter, I started getting excited after the first touchdown, and then the next, and I was like, oh, this is the comeback king. Let's go. I was just, I was losing my mind. I was losing my damn mind. And you could just see like the reactions of everyone faces on the Atlanta sideline. They went from happy, like we're about to celebrate this championship win to, oh fuck, we lost. (laughs) And uh, who who better than the Buffalo Bills fan to tell you about losing a Super Bowl? Oh, Oh, Really, and what I might, I might as well say it before one? you do, Tasha. I might as well say it before because I've I've heard it all. Go on. Mm. If you say this giant shit, I'm I I really I'm gonna put you on mute. Are you are no. you gonna talk about this? Which one? Are you gonna talk no. about the Philly one? 
All of them. No, 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 no. Uh, I said about losing Super Bowls. I mean, me. I'm making fun oh, of myself. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not yeah, making yeah, fun yeah. of you. Yeah. No. Well, Why would I do that? God. Well, uh, well, because you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Fuck the there, there you go. go. You know, yeah. All right, then. <laughs> 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 That's great. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anyways, the, <laughs> my last one I got here is. Uh, from Brooklyn, Brian. No, not that Brian, because he's not in Brooklyn. Um, he asks, uh, "When is the Fire and Flavor reunion going to happen?" Oh man, Fire and Flavor! That was a time, right, Brian? Didn't we have a uh, good time with Fire and Flavor? That listen, oh. I don't think if you were backstage at Impact and you're backstage and you're just watching Fire and Flavor go, whether we're doing like promos backstage vignette like anything that we're doing just being our normal selves everyone got a kick out of it like it went from like the vibes okay everybody's quiet we're family we're chill to like tasha enters in impact and then it's tasha and kiara so it's just like yo you just we're just going off with each other and we're just loud as hell and everyone was just like i missed it when it was quiet but it was just so much fun with Fire and Flavor. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you just, everybody's on their own path right now. And Kiara's doing so amazing where she is. And I'm doing great where I am. So, I mean, Fire and Flavor will always be together, like, in everybody's heart, you know. But right now, everybody's got to do their own thing and find their own paths. And one day, Fire and Flavor will come together. But, you know, mm-hmm. hey. In the meantime, we're kicking ass in our own separate areas. So this is up to you, Tasha. You don't have to answer this. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something you would entertain, correct? I was. I would love to have a fire and flavor reunion and impact. Okay, and then this is also up to you. This is very, very important, and we can actually cut this out. Mm-hmm. I wanna. I was gonna mentioned something that I thought was very unique that I've never seen in wrestling before. I know Jimmy probably has seen this because I've heard stories. Um, Can we talk about the little experience that Miss Hogan has sometimes? What experience? During a match. I don't... I don't know if she wants to. I I I wouldn't do it on my interview. I would do it if you interviewed her. Mm. I don't want to okay. put that out there, and you know, I don't want to put that out there. She don't want it to be out there because then okay. I, I I'll get the up. phone call like, "Bitch, what the fuck?" Yeah. yeah I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. That's actually fair enough. Yeah. I I I just thought it wasn't a bad thing. I just thought it was a cool thing in a way, like. To be honest, it was just the, the passion, you know, I thought yeah. that, that was worth But yes, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, you got any more? I got uh, my, I went to the end of my list. You guys got anything no. else before we close shop or? No, no. no I just, I just want to say thank you, Tasha, because this has been a, a delight. You know, this is the first time we've actually met and hearing mm-hmm. you and hearing your passion and hearing your story and not only that, and hearing how you feel about this business gives me hope. That <laughs> oh, thank you, Jimmy. I appreciate because, it. Because, because as as young as you are, you've still got that old school soul. And mm-hmm. and I like I the way you, 
but but you are blending it well with new school. Mm-hmm. You are one of the uh, one of the few people who gets it. And oh I, yeah, and I appreciate definitely. it. And and it was a oh, pleasure meeting and talking to you. It was definitely a pleasure talking to you and meeting you as well. I this is an honor. Like I said in the beginning, this is definitely oh. an honor. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. Well, Tasha, I'll say this, and I mean this with all my heart. Um, I know we mess around and fuck around with each other and all that stuff, but that's part of the fun, and that's what we do, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I want you to know that you are a, as Jimmy said, a passionate person. You're old school. That's what made me love you so much. Um, and I also want to say that you are a person that's going to make women's wrestling keep going strong and impact oh, wrestling. Shit, has, don't say that. No, it does. Impact wrestling has the strongest women's division, in my opinion. Um, and it's not because I used to work there. It's because I watch TV. I know what the fuck's going on. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with where I used to work. It's about watching the product and mm-hmm. you're only going to enhance that. And your future is so bright. And if, if someone were to give you the mic and let you do you, you're going to be money that's unpaid for a lot of people because they can't afford it. They can't yeah. afford it. <laughs> We're going to manifest that. I mean, We're going to manifest that. Yeah, I'm serious. And I love you so much with all my heart. I really mean that. There's true friends you find in the business, and you're one of those, just like a lot of other people that I met in Impact Wrestling. And I only say Impact Wrestling because – Honestly, that's that's my family, and that's that, that's where I'm at. Um, mm-hmm. But there's many in WWE too. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying. But you know, true family comes around, and when you talk and reach out to somebody, you know, when they generally care about you, and you're one of those. And I just want to say that it, it, it's an honor, honor for real for us to have you on. And I hope that you had fun. And I, I'd love to have a part two one time or whenever, and just talk some shit, and not even talk about your career. Let's just bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's great. do it. I would, I would love it, Brian. You know I love the fuck out of you, okay? All right, give me a break here. You're trying to make me emotional. It's some bullshit, okay? Um, you know I love you to death, and I appreciate everything that you've done for my career and helped my career. I've learned so much from you, um, and I would love to do a part two. I would love for it. Anytime you guys are ready, I am available for you, and you know I will come on at any time. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Last, last plug, plug anything you got. Plug anything you got. I know I'm. I'm gonna. I, I'll. I'll just put this on while you're plugging everything. You, um, you're gonna put on the Buffalo Bills hat while I'm to. plugging. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I well, have let me to. Just, let, let me start off and saying, fuck the Buffalo Bills. Okay. And whatever you guys do this season, I hope you shit the bed. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, Tasha Steals at Real T Steals on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Um. And there's a lot more flavor to come. And I can't wait. Watch Impact every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Access TV, AXS TV. Okay. A lot of flavor to give. And, um, yeah, it's coming up real soon. We got Emergence coming up for uh, Impact August 26th. Okay. That will be in the Toronto area. Okay. Six God is going to be out there. Yes. Jimmy, you got to come out then. You got to come oh, out, Jimmy. We're going to be in yeah. Toronto. You That's got my, to come uh, out, Jimmy. Maybe I will drop by just to say hello. Drop by and say hello. Okay. We're going to be out there. So everybody watch. Emergence is going to be on Fight TV that night, 8 p.m. A lot of flavor to give. Oh, that's on nice. period. That's on period. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
then I'll and then I'll see then I'll see you down in New York uh, in uh, in September. So September, yeah, that will be the actually we'll be filming the one thousand episode of Impact. One thousand yeah. episodes. You know, there was a time that people thought that Impact was just gonna like flop. Look at us now, ha ha, yeah. bitches. How about that? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tasha. Appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. It's summer. You know what that means. It's bonfire season. And thanks for our great sponsors today, City Bonfires. They're making your job a heck of a lot easier and everybody around you very, very happy. Head over to citybonfires.com right now and then use the promo code REFIN to get 15% off your entire order. These bonfires can be used on camping trips, whether you're in an apartment, whether you're in the country, and you just want to have some peacefulness. City Bonfires helps you out. Their burn time lasts between three to five hours. It's light, reusable, and easy to extinguish. There's no mess, no flying embers, no ashes to clean up, and there's no smoke. So you're not going to be taking all of that smoke into your home. So head over and check out their great products right now over at citybonfires.com and use the promo code REFIN. That's R-E-F-I-N to get 15% off your entire order. Thanks to our great friends over at City Bonfires. I'll be honest, guys. I'm kind of scared a little bit because Tasha scares me. No, I'm joking. No, she's great. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, Thrilled to have her on. Who knows? We'll get another one down there. Hey, RJ, actually, she should scare you because she'd beat your ass. (laughs) I'll leave my comment to myself because I, uh, yeah, that's no, it's probably not good that I say that. Anyways, um, (laughs) go ahead, Jimmy. I'm sorry. No, no, it was awesome getting to talk to her and getting to meet her and getting to hear that passion and that, that. The, the old school soul come out of that, uh, out of uh, this generation. Let's put it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? You know what I found fascinating, too, is that, like, Jimmy, you've been out of the biz for how long? Um, well, I, I've done stuff since leaving WWE, but I've, I've left WWE in 2009. Okay. So, you know, what's really cool is that she came on and knew not that she shouldn't or anyone shouldn't. But she respected and understood who you were and what you did. I mean, that 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 to me is amazing. You know what I mean? That's that's, you, that's humbling and honoring. Trust me, it, it it really is. And you deserve it, dude. And and, and guess Thank what? You. I guarantee she knows your work. I guarantee that. Oh well. I'm, Anyways, well, I, guys, I am absolutely flattered. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Uh, Jimmy, man, you're well well versed, well renowned. You're all yeah. over the place, man. Mondays, yeah. Wednesdays. I, I don't think. When do you sleep? Because it's it's amazing that you have time for that. Because you're all over the place. <laughs> I, I I sneak in naps here and there. That's about it. That's all yeah. that matters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but how can people get a hold of you? Get all your good stuff. Okay, obviously here on Wednesdays, uh, you know the Ref and the Drop podcast with my good brother and stripes Brian Hebner and the glue that holds us together, RJ. You know we have fun here. That's the main thing. We enjoy it. We we are passionate, just like we had our guest tonight today, Tasha Steele's. The passion was there, and we have it as well. And of course, like you said, Monday nights and Wednesday nights after Raw and Dynamite, respect respectively, uh, on the Wrestling Inc. podcast, doing the post show reviews, and uh, again every day from Monday to Wednesday, 
You can catch me with my one minute long riff and rant because people have short attention spans. And again, not to tear down, but to critique to ho hopefully tighten some screws and help, in my opinion, make our world a little better. There you go. I agree. Brian, you're back. You got your phone back finally. So you don't have to get that little rotary phone out. Like you have to, like old school, you actually have to take it off the wall. But you got your phone back. How people can get a hold of you. Not literally, but you know what I mean. I was going to say, RJ, I'm not giving my phone number out. Um, <laughs> but but, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, uh, just go to my social medias. I only have two of them. I was almost about to delete those. But anyway, I got them. Um, at Brian, uh, at Baby Habner, almost, oh, shit. At Baby Habner <laughs> uh, on both my Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, you know. Hey, I want to say, I do want to say that the uh, reference rants that Jimmy does are absolutely phenomenal. They are. Uh, whether you agree or not agree, but they're worth listening to so you can agree or not agree. Mm -hmm. And as Chimba would say, that little fucker's mostly right. So <laughs> it's amazing, but uh, it's good stuff. I, I actually wait for it every day. I do. I wait for it every day, and I usually unbelievably – I knew we couldn't have an episode without my dog barking. Um, but uh, <laughs> I actually go do my morning duties, and that's when I listen to it. So I hope he puts it out earlier sometimes to make sure that I get to do that. So anyway. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. <laughs> but also want to give two quick shout-outs to the one, the only, the great JD Hoop does a great graphics for the show each and every week, in addition to the logo that we have right now as well. As the voice behind the voices, Mr. AJ McKay, their information is in the show uh, description. So go check them out. Absolutely phenomenal work that they do for us. And I'm glad. And uh, obviously I can't speak for both of you, but I'm glad they're part of the team. Um, next week, gentlemen, Renee Dupree will be joining us next week. A gentleman that you guys both have worked with. Man, this is going to be another good one. I think I know I should say. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Sorry, Jimmy. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but, uh, no. But yeah, I'm excited about this. I haven't talked to him in quite a while. Uh, we we do we have stayed in touch and stuff like that. And Ray Dupree was a uh, a very well one of those guys that WB had a lot of faith in and and, and got got a, a a nice little nice little run, nice little run. Mm -hmm. Should I say on SmackDown? Right. And 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 at a, at a young age too, the guy. Uh, he got it quickly. Let's put it that way. We'll talk about it next week for sure. But uh, yeah, good dude. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in this week. You can follow the show at Reffin' and Up on Instagram and Twitter over at castby.com slash Reffin' Up. All the great platforms are right there. Tell your friends, tell your family to join us here next week on Reffin' It Up. One, two, three. <laughs>